Hello and welcome to episode number 56 of Investing from the Beach. I'm your host, I'm Chris Hansen. I've got my co-host with me again today, Mr. Chris Lamb. Hey guys, it's Chris Lamb here. It's your first time listening to the show. Quick background on us. You could listen to all the other episodes, but for those of you that this truly is your first uh, experience with the two Chris's, um, we both reached time freedom via the stock market. Uh, Chris got there about 10 years after I did. So you might think, oh, he's much slower. What's wrong with him? But he's actually 20 years younger than I am. So he actually is the very smart one and the expedient one in uh, in doing the process. Uh, but we both reached time freedom. We did it via o- the... Over the years, I learned it's better to go slow. <laughs> <laughs> you figure it out as you get older. Yeah. But we both reached uh, freedom via the stock market. We both started working at IBM as I was... Uh, in my last couple of years there looking for the door to leave, Chris was looking for uh, an entree into the place. He was an intern when I met him. Uh, I think we overlapped by a year or two working there, and then uh, I took off. About seven, eight years later, then Chris walked out the door as well when he was about 30. We met while we were there as a result of uh, the secretary in our group. I think you had mentioned to her something about the stock market, and she said, go talk to Hanson. You sat down and we chatted one time and just this instant bond and we've uh, we've developed a fabulous relationship ever since. We've had just innumerable, in, in, countless discussions. Innumerous? Innumerable? What's the right word? What's the different word for countless? I don't know. I didn't do so well in my SATs. <laughs> oh, so your mom didn't buy you into USC? No, she oh. couldn't afford it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never. I should have asked my folks, because I actually went to SC. It's like, you didn't buy me in, did you? <laughs> they didn't have enough money, so I'm sure they didn't. Yeah. And I went when it wasn't as difficult to get in. But nonetheless, we've had, uh, literally, it's not daily, but we've had the discussion at least every week and multiple times every week for, I've known you for, what, now 20 years almost, coming up on you know, 18, 20 years. We've had the discussion about what it takes to get to time freedom, what it takes to maintain it, and what we have come to the re- to the agreement and the realization on our own is that it is not the how to do, you know, the rules, the mechanics, the cookbook, the 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 roadmap. That is maybe at a high exaggeration five percent of it. The ninety five percent of what it takes to get to freedom is the how to think. We've got a, a friend, a mutual friend, who is a podcast and a YouTube producer. A couple of years ago, he came up and he said, you guys have a really unique message that you need to get out there. This really is about the how to think. He gets it. He said, you got to share that with people. And so he said, do a podcast. I looked at him sideways because I didn't know what the word podcast was. So Chris, you couldn't think of a word for innumerous in or whatever word I was trying to use. I didn't know what a podcast was. So came up with that. And a couple of years later, here we are now. So there's the background. Anything you want to add, Obi-Wan? Oh, I thought you had, there's the background noise. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that could be in there too. Yeah. Anything else I should add? Is that good enough? No, that's good. We're good. So I'm hearing more and more and more discussion, and I don't know if it's that it's more out there or if I'm just more aware of it now, about this FIRE movement, financially independent, retire early. And some of it could be because... Uh, well, let's back up. I think a lot of it is people are finally recognizing that there is such a lack of financial, excuse me, education and know-how that's being avail- uh, availed or taught in schools. As a result of that, our parents don't know it, and they're not taught. It's not being taught to us. Teachers don't know it, so they can't pass it along. More and more people are becoming aware of it and trying to grab the bull by the horns and do what they can to help. 
there are a ton of podcasts out there talking about fire. And what's interesting, I've looked through a few of them, and a lot of them have some interesting information, but they all take what it's what I've found anyways, they all take bits and pieces of it. And in going through and looking to see what other people are talking about, it struck me that there are, I think, nine steps to fire. So we're going to review those today. So to get to kind of the process that somebody goes through in trying to get to become a point of, and they talk about financial freedom, which is really a travesty. A travesty, you got to get to time freedom. We'll talk about that when that comes up. But it seems that there's about nine steps to get there. The first step in the process is someone wakes up and they realize that, you know, they don't want to work this nine to five gig that they've got for the next 40 years. And that could be a millennial statement where someone's been out of school for six months, a year, two years, whatever it is, and realize, oh crap, I do not want to be stuck doing this, whatever this is, for the next 40 years and wake up and I'm 65 and then be done. Or it could be somebody that's even in, you know, mid-career and they have the realization like, oh crap, I don't want to do this another 20 years, there's got to be something better. And so the first step is the realization. The next step, I don't want to say this, one could shrink the number of steps, if you will, but in, and you'll find anyone that has reached freedom has gone through, in some way, shape, or form, some set or subset of these. And, and there's no uh, scientific method or anything, uh, you know, on these steps. I think, uh, this is know, I think logically, you 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 thought about it, and you, you know, uh, I think this is something Chris Hansen came up with. Right? Yeah, this is School of Hansen. Yeah. This is yeah. just School thinking about Hansen. it for yeah for six minutes, looking through yeah. the the podcast and stuff. It seemed they all yeah. talk about this stuff. <clears throat> And I think you shared with me a little bit about it. So uh, I heard, yep, meaning ten minutes ago. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, because it was twenty so minutes I'll, before I'll comment on I'll, I'll comment on on these steps as Chris goes through them. Yep. Um, but from in general, kind of my thoughts uh, around the nine steps first. Uh, it's it's something that don't think that everyone you know goes through the exact steps, but the majority of people uh, pursuing fire. We're going through this movement kind of fits, you know, like I would say 80% of them will fit in this, you know, these nine steps. Yeah. And it may, in your own journey, if you will, I hate the word mm-hmm. journey, but in your own journey, you may find that it only takes you five steps, but in those five steps, you might be accomplishing three of them or three, three or four things might be done in one, but nonetheless, we'll step through it and see. Oh, another comment on, uh, you said why, uh, I think the, this fire thing, uh, has caught on. And I think it's because the spread, it's the spread of the internet and and you know uh, being able to to connect with each other, so people are sharing more of their message out there. But I think it's always been around. People are curious about you know uh, uh, the finance industry, and it was kind of brought about with you know companies like Prime America and and you know other uh, multi-level marketing companies that sell financial products, and I think that that kind of motivated a lot of people to go pursue uh, their dreams, right? To, to, you know, build their own business um, and not just in the financial world, but it's, it's MLM, you know? And so some of that may have you been, see dri- that. yeah, it could have been driven by the financial crisis we had 10 years ago, mm-hmm. right? Where suddenly people can't find a job. And now whether you, I used to not laugh, but kind of just look a little sideways you and I would go to various meetups and you know, do the intros at the beginning and some guy would stand up or a girl would stand up and she'd say, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. 
and you listen to their background, you realize you just can't find a job. <laughs> and, so, and I don't mean that in a negative way. It's just it, it's real, right? There's not as much hiring going on. And so you're forced to become entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. you know, and in a perfect world, they would want to go get a job, but they couldn't find something. They struggle with the entrepreneurial route. Some of them became a success. Some didn't. If they didn't, they went back, you know, as the economy got better and people were hiring more. Now you've got more jobs available. So they no longer are entrepreneurial. Now they're back working. And I run into those same people today. And now they're thinking, you know, I kind of like this entrepreneurial route because I had a lot more freedom with my time or at least freedom to do as I wish. Not that I could go sit on the beach all day, but I wasn't having to answer to a boss and I, I could do things that I thought were the right thing to do. And not right from a moral, moral, ethical standpoint, but right from a made sense to them. And so I think my this is not meant to be a sociology discussion, but I think some of it came about as a result of that. Coupled with that, people sitting at the desk going, "I, I cannot sit here for another forty years." Yeah, if you <clears throat> that realization is the uh, the Office Space movie. Mm-hmm. That's exactly it. Yeah, that's exactly it. And so the next step in there is that somebody finds their their purpose their dream their why there's some reason something driving them to not be stuck at the desk for the next 40 years and then they realize at some point that they've got in order to get to whatever it is that they're trying to get to they've got to first understand money and then they've got to and i've seen this a number of times and it's a little bit woo woo people talk about i need to discover fix my quote my finger quote relationship and finger quote to money, whatever that means. And it could be that, you know, maybe growing up, you grew up in a household where there wasn't much money or people didn't understand it, or there was a fear of it or all kinds of various ways that your parents might've treated money now gets passed along to you. Hey, Not Chris, a, pause, Chris. We, we, got, we got a little interrupted there. I, I had to cut it out. Chris, as I'm talking about your relationship to money, Chris goes, Hey man, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I'm like, what? And he goes, I got a delivery. I'm thinking, oh, man, I thought you were sick or something. And so I've been sitting here waiting. For those of you that are listening, I thought, well, I think he's got me on speakers. So, And I, I blurted this out. I just did the most, one of my best belchers in quite some time, thinking that the guy at the door would hear this big belch coming. I thought, oh, no, he's got headphones on. That doesn't work. And just as I did that, Chris picked up the, the headphones and starts cracking up as I'm burping at him. And then he proceeds to tell me, he said, hey, sorry to do that, but it was really important FedEx was <laughs> delivering something that they missed yesterday it was an order of mezcal which is tequila (laughs) (laughs) so this is the beauty of time freedom you don't have to go down to bevmo or some high-end shop you get your booze delivered this (laughs) this is this is the ultimate in lazy um so if you're a fan of fire and go man these guys are wasting money no not at all this is the you know we have a few extravagances is that the right word through a few no they're they're uh, they're necessities it's well you know what it's the it's thing this is why you do this you find something that you enjoy Mm -hmm. and you go get it right and you can live frugally in some spots and you know which ties back to that's your relationship to money yeah i'm just very clear on what my life purpose is about well but in all i know you're (laughs) jumping with that but but in all seriousness think about that you're a very Mm -hmm. frugal guy Mm -hmm. i'm a frugal guy and there's th- you and I, we were talking the other day, saying, hey, if you if either one of us won the big lottery, you know, a couple of weeks ago, they got five, seven hundred million, whatever it was. If we didn't tell each other that we won, the other one would never know. Uh, your lifestyle wouldn't change. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. You wouldn't go buy a new car unless you were due to get one. I wouldn't go get a new car. You're not going to go buy a big house. I'm not going to do that. Nobody would know. That's such a different answer than you would see from anybody else. But you and I would be very comfortable with it. We wouldn't be freaked out about it. Put the money. I'd know exactly where I would, where I would invest it. And, you know, take a couple of days to get my head around it, and then I'd be right back in doing the next podcast, and nobody would know the difference. Yeah, I mean, uh, the only change is you probably have a little less time freedom because you got to figure out what to do with it. You're, yeah, for a short period of time, <laughs> and, figure out where you're going yeah. to bucketize it, but that's gonna, that won't take very long. Sure. And put it to work. So that points back to that's the relationship that you and I have with money. I'm not mm-hmm. afraid of it. I'm not greedy about it. I don't try and squeeze every drop out of it. Yeah, you don't have an attachment to it. No, no, yeah. but I'm not I'm not careless and carefree with it either. Mm-hmm. Many of the listeners probably drive a nicer car, more expensive car than I do. Drive a more expensive car than you do. And yet well, they're still working. Well, I think when working. you're carefree with it, either end, right? If you're really you know, tight with it mm-hmm. or you're really carefree with it, then it shows an attachment with it, right? Because if you're if you're carefree with it, that says you don't you you you, you see you 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 value it as being kind of worthless, kind of because you're you're just throwing it away. You don't value it exactly, right? So there's still some attachment, some you know, some relationship. There's some emotional thing with it. But so, if you're kind of neutral, you just operate your life based on how you want to live, and then money revolves around that. It's a tool. Know. Yeah, it's, it's no, become, no yeah. different than you have a hammer and a screwdriver in the garage, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? You're not stressed about what's going on with the hammer or screwdriver, but when you bring it out, you know how to use it, and you know when to use it appropriately. And then, then, then we'll get into the early later. Uh, you said let's talk about time freedom versus financial freedom, right? And I think once you recognize that, you know that you want time freedom, um, you're not trying to use the money to 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 do all these things that would suck up time freedom. So if if you you know we go buy all these expensive toys, guess what? You, you got to figure out it's time you know, suck. You're going to spend time to to maintain it, even to hire someone to fix it or maintain it for you. Yep, that's exactly yeah. it. So back on the steps. So you wake up, you realize I don't want to do the job. You find your your purpose, your dream, your why, and you realize in order to get there, you're going to need money. And most people don't have a good grasp of what money can do for them. And so they end up going through this metamorphosis with regard to their relationship with money and their understanding of it. And then they took a good look in their own financial mirror and they realized, oh crap, I got to cut my expenses. And sometimes you hear people speak about this like, oh, we just had this podcast guest on that, you know, they were able to dig themselves out of a hundred thousand debt hole in two years or somebody else was $27,000 in debt and they dug out and all this stuff. But all it is, is them realizing, hey, I got to cut expenses. And, you know, if you think about it, if you're, if you have debt, all debt is, is you're paying today for yesterday's activity. Whatever you want to call it, that's all that's going on. So whether that's a mortgage, whether that's a student loan, that's you know credit card debt, a car, it's something you did in the past that you didn't pay for in the past, and you got to pay for it with today, with today's um, efforts. And so people will look to cut expenses as much as they can, and you'll see a lot of podcasts out there and blogs, whatever else, you know, different ways that people can save eighteen cents off their cable bill, or they want to, you know, if they get these two or three or four credit cards you get to fly first class to Europe for free. Which Quick all, coupons. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And all those things are great and wonderful. It's a little, it's a way to, you know, it's kind of a, it's a neat little game to play. But if it ends up consuming you, 
you got to take a look at it and say, how much time are you really spending on this? And what are you earning? And they'll always twist, not they will. I, you often read where somebody will twist it back and say, you know, I spent 20 hours to do this and I got a thousand dollar ticket for free, basically for free. So I made 50 bucks an hour. That's a hundred grand a year. I got paid to do this. And I hear that when somebody says that, and I, it's hard not to laugh. You think, dude, no, you did an effort that for that period of time, you made a grand or you saved a grand or you got a thousand dollars free, whatever the value is. That doesn't equate to a hundred thousand dollar a year job because you haven't done it for a full year. And you weren't paid a hundred grand. You just got something that is valued at, a, or weren't paid a thousand dollars. You're giving something where the retail value is a thousand, and there's a huge difference. And so people will look to do whatever they can to cut expenses. At some point, they realize that you can't cut expenses to zero. You know, even mm-hmm. the homeless guy living on living in a box under the freeway off ramp still has some expenses. Right? There's got to be food, there's got to be clothing, there's got to be shelter. And so then people wake up and say, oh, I need to bump my income. And so they'll go the side hustle route. So the, what can they do on the side, whether it's you know doing DoorDash or uh, you know driving for Lyft or Uber, Uber? Or there's all kinds of different things that people will come up with, and which is great. It's a great, great a way to add to the income. If they can do it in the field that is in their dream or their purpose, even better. You know, so if you're, MLM, whatever it could be that. But if your dream is to be a to be a dog walker, right? You want to own a dog walking business. You could start off doing a hustle, a side hustle as a dog walker, and figure out how you grow that to the point where it replaces your income, which is great. Except in doing that, and if that's what you love to do, by all means, please go do it and be the best out there. But all you've done is you've replaced one nine-to-five job working for somebody else giving you a paycheck for another nine-to-nine endeavor where you have to go hustle the paychecks. But or it you had have a lot of flexibility. That's I'm my fine. own boss. <laughs> that's cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, As long as you understand, I think... That's that's the discussion we've had around the uh, money triangle, mm-hmm. right? So you know you're switching from being an employee to being self-employed, right? So you are, uh, you know, you you're the business, and you end up working a lot harder, longer, more hours, and sometimes a lot less money. <laughs> or it could Especially be more money. early on, in yeah. the early years. Yep, and it could end up being more money. There's no problem with that. The yeah. if you're new to the show. Uh, once you're done with this episode, go look at one of, I think it's episode number three or five. I can't remember. It's one of the earliest ones where we talk about the money triangle. And in simple words, or in, in, to really boil it down, there are three, in Kiyosaki's book, The Cashflow Quadrant, there, he calls it four sources of income. You can get an income as being an employee, where you have a job. You can get income from being self-employed, where you own a job, and somebody pays you by the project. You can get income from being a business owner, so you're paid for a system. It's funny how you uh, you, you like to go back to the Kiyosaki. Well, because everyone's familiar with it, right? To use yeah. That. Well, even then, even when they're from, you say everyone's familiar with it. I don't think so. The ones that you know understand the stuff, they are. But you ask most people, they don't know, right? Mm, yeah. And and when they hear it, they can't really explain it to you. Yes, I would. Say, my thought is most people that are clicking on this are interested yeah. in that, and I'm assuming they have. Yeah, And then the last quadrant there would be an investor. Chris came up with a great example or a better way to do it because he thought, man, I can't think of somebody that's really a B. 
No, the way I why I did it because it I was trying to figure out what Kiyosaki was trying to explain, and it wasn't really where is your income coming from, right? But it's really where's your you know it's time, your time and 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 explaining a system that you got to convert the business into a system, right? So that you're not the you know you're 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 not the the, the show, right? You're not the the you're the not cook. the critical path. Yeah, right. So the the only way that you can generate some passive income without a lot of your effort is when you're out of the system. You're not the system. And you create some type of system that, you know, like a McDonald's, right? It's franchise and you don't have to be there, okay, to manage the restaurant. So there, there's a system. So that's what he was trying to explain on the, I think, the business owner versus being self-employed, right? But from a strictly money flow and passive income time freedom, you know? That's why I wanted to, or I, I thought about explaining the money triangle. There's really just three ways, you know, money flows to you, and 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 the only way that it flows to you without you involving a lot of your time and effort is through investing it, and truly investing it is is you know putting dollars in the stock market where you're not involving so much time. When you put in the in real estate, you're actually it's 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 a business you owning. Yes. Right. Uh, now you can you can hire a manager to manage that business, but you it's still your business that you own. Someone still has to manage the manager. Exactly. So and and you got to add more and more and more. And you know we don't we 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 can go on and on about this, but uh, you know we 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 do a deep dive, you know, in a, uh, what some earlier episodes around real estate. Yeah, there's right? one two episodes to listen to would be the money triangle, mm-hmm. and the other one stocks versus real estate. Yeah. And we get in talk about what are the time issues with both. Say issues is not a negative thing, but the the, yeah. the dynamics or the elements. So again, back to the money triangle. Um, you know, you, you you can start off being earning wages, right, uh, or welfare, as Chris calls it. Um, or the other side is be, be you know be the self employer, and you know you own your own business, work for yourself, the entrepreneur, be the fire movement guys, folks, right. Um, that's that's where they typically will gravitate from the W side to the, you know, uh, uh, the the S side, the self-employed side of the triangle, and then they're thinking, hey, they're now a business owner, but they're not. They're just self-employers, and they find themselves working so hard, uh, you know, uh, maintaining this business, this job. Okay, and then realizing that, hey, I, I need time freedom because this is not what I want after all. Yes. So that's type that seems to be the message uh, for, or what I've got when I you know did a little search around time freedom online, and you see a lot of these people pursuing uh, this path. And for those that have done for a while, it's funny. I'll, I'll read some and go, "Hey, welcome back!" And you know, you're 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 back, right? These people that used to go to their sites, they 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 haven't been updated. Go, ah, you know, been off for a year or two, and but I'm excited to be back now. Yes. You know, <laughs> yeah. Because after a while they figured out it's like, man, I need I need the income again, but they were burnt out for a while, so they stopped. It's interesting, and Chris, you and I have talked about this. I don't know how to say this, so it doesn't come out. It's going to come out wrong, no matter how I say this. When I've gone to look at other blogs, podcasts, whatever, talking about these areas, in the comments, there's always somebody makes a mention, say, hey, "Yours is great. That keep it going, keep it going." You might also like to look at this and they'll give another suggestion for something. And usually it's related to one of these other nine dynamics that we're talking about today. 
Chris, and here's the thing that you and I have, we've talked about this. I don't think we've ever talked about it publicly. How many times has somebody come up to you and said, hey, guys, you should go listen to this podcast. Go read this blog because this is something that you guys don't cover. Mm-hmm. It's never happened. None. Yeah. None. It hasn't happened to me. Somebody might say, hey, go read this article. It'd be a great thing to add as a, as an episode. But coverage-wise, and I think we can say that, and it, I don't mean it to sound arrogant. It's because of experience of what it took to get to freedom and get to time freedom. Yeah, and it's not like we don't want to listen to other podcasts, right? Hell no, I want to learn. <laughs> yeah, we want to learn more. But then, you know, when you click on some of these finance podcasts or... You, you you don't get much. No, no. Nope. Yeah. yeah, it's not as like okay. Thank you. I don't have to spend if, a lot of time if, here. If it's a good one, then it's a good app. That's and exactly that it. Talking about yeah. So another, if you're new to, if it's one of your first times listening, there's another episode to listen to where I believe we call it the operating system, and it again it's one of the early ones. Take a listen to that where explain the difference between an operating system and an app. And we use the, Chris came up with this, it's the metaphor using your phone with regard to that. But we use that with regard to what it takes to get to time freedom and understanding your baseline foundation, the quote-unquote operating system. And then you plug in the apps on top of that to help you get there. And whether that be the stock market, whether that be real estate or MLM. Or, or life. Yeah, or yeah. selling, whatever it may be, right? But as long as you understand what your purpose is and what what means you wish to get there then you plug in the app that fits so people will so back to our steps now so we've covered what one two three four five six of them right so the last two were cutting your expenses and then figure out how to bump your income usually via some kind of a side hustle and then once they get that extra income and it starts coming in now they don't know what to do with it so they've paid off the expenses the debate will come up should you know if, if i own a home should i pay off my home or should i look to invest the dollars so you have that argument discussion or philosophical differences you figure that out and then with the excess now they look to invest it somewhere and it usually ends up what i've seen in like 99.99 percent of the fire discussions has either been real estate or to roll it into a vanguard index fund and so if you roll it into real estate you understand we've talked many times about this the time requirements that are needed for that and or you roll it into like a Vanguard index fund, S&P 500 fund. And just, you know, that's uh, to me, it, I call that the poke and hope, right? You poke the money in and you hope it goes up. And so you know, poke the dollars into the fund, you know, make your regular contributions, whatever that may be, whether that's on a regular basis or on a sporadic basis, depending on how your income from the side hustle is coming in. Mm-hmm. And then you just leave it there and say, look, they tell me that, you know, in the stock market has averaged 8 to 10% over the last 60 years, so I'll get my 8 to 10% this year, and I'll be good to go. Yeah. And then just keep doing it, and eventually, you know, the promised land arrives of financial freedom. The one big thing that, and it's going to happen at some point, I don't know when, is when people are rolling dollars into these index funds, and it sounds great now because we've been on a 10 or 11-year bull market. When that ends... And now people that have been rolling their dollars in there suddenly look and say, wow, my my balance is now down 10, 20, 30%. Uh-oh, what the hell do I do? And, you know, now if you ask them about it, well, I'll just, I'm in it for the long haul. 
that's an idiot's, or let me rephrase that, idiot is too accurate of a word. Let me be more polite about it. That is the uninformed uninformed person's reaction because Mm. they haven't felt it yet. (laughs) Right? They're going to behave differently, yeah? You bet. It's a lot differently when you feel the, the flame under your ass cheek when it's hot and burning. And now you got to decide: Am I going to sit there, or am I going to am I going to move off the hot stove? Yeah, especially with no experience, right? Exactly. I think most people will. Uh, the public generally dumps, uh, you know, at the bottom. You know, or they they they'll dump all the uh, their holdings. You know, when the markets are selling off large, and sometimes the market can be down for a while. Right? What are you going to do? So, if you don't have those things in mind or planned or have experience around that. You're going to do something foolish during those times, even with these index funds. You think you, you know, it's going to help you get to financial freedom. So in most cases, most people will not, uh, you know, continue to to, to keep on uh, contributing, you know, for the rest of their life or whatever into these index funds. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but, you know, this fire plan, this step that you have, uh, Chris, outlined it, it uh, it's it's not bad. I mean, for I someone I, who yeah, I think most of it. Yeah, but also, you know, for someone who uh, they don't understand time freedom or, you know, they're just going nine to five, this is a cool plan, mm-hmm. right? It's it's something different. It's something that makes sense. Um, it'll get you outside of that, you know, boring whatever life that you think you're, you know, you're in. Um, and, and it actually does work. I mean, where else are you going to put your money if you don't know? It's either Correct. real estate or or put in an index fund. Yes. I wouldn't say mutual funds. Right? No. No, 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 no. Yeah. Don't do that. Now, have you, there's a guy, uh, what's his name? Mr. Money Mustache, I think. is. It's either he or an F- scientist, F-I. Okay. Fi- uh-huh. Scientist with an F-I in front uh-huh. of him. And big following, a lot of respect, mm-hmm. a lot of credibility from the, the followers. I don't remember which one it was. It doesn't matter. One of them had the idea that if you figure your annual expenses, multiply that by 25. And so if your annual expenses are, let's say, $1,000 a month, Multiply it by 12, so that'd be 12,000 a year. 12,000 times 25 is how much? 300 grand. Mm-hmm. So if you could put 300 grand into a something or other that yielded, I think the number was 4%, then that gave you enough to cover your expenses. Is it 3%? I think is where that, I think that's what, mm-hmm. or, or 4%, something like that, mm-hmm. but it was the 4% concept and the idea then is you could withdraw four percent of your dollars every year and you'd be totally fine i think and i may have the numbers wrong we may get some comments from people saying you don't understand yeah, you multiply by the, on the specific numbers, concept. But yeah, the concept. concept yeah concept. yeah and so but the assumption on that is that you are making <clears throat> my guess is you're they assume you're making eight percent on the dollars i'm guessing and then with taxes you're going to end up netting four i'm assuming is where that's coming from i didn't get too deep into it so chris here's my question for you would you be thrilled if you made on on your investments? Would you be thrilled if you made eight percent in a year? Super excited. <laughs> no, I'm being serious. Would you be excited? No, no, not at all. I'd be pissed. Yeah, I'd be very disappointed. Yeah. I would be pissed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, when you hear people say "roll it into an index fund" because that's what Buffett says to do. Yeah. Please understand, Buffett is speaking to the millions of people that don't want to put in effort to learn how this stuff works. Mm -hmm. If you watch what Buffett does, Buffett doesn't roll his money into an index fund every month. 
every year. Yeah, he creates his own index. <laughs> well, but what he does is he waits for an opportunity, he goes in and he buys big. Right mm -hmm. now he's got so much money that he has to buy a company. Or he makes, an, an, on some, you know, he owns whatever it is, 5 8% of Apple. But when he does that, he goes in when he deems it to be a good value and makes a huge purchase. Yeah. But the idea... Yeah, he's, he's basically building a portfolio of companies that, right, that, that he... Uh, Correct. He, he wants he wants to invest in, but he's timing his purchase. I think that's exactly. huge that people need to understand this. He says one thing for the rest for the rest of the world. He does something totally different with himself or with his own money, and you got to understand that. And now, if you if you take a step back from it, what he's really doing? So he'll go out and he'll buy ABC Company at what he thinks is a fair price or a below, uh, you know, an undervalued price. If he owns the company outright, and understand you and I as individuals, and I'm sure all, if not all of the listeners, probably the majority, if not all of our listeners would be in the same boat. We don't have the means to go buy a major S&P 500 corporation outright. We don't have that kind of money. What Buffett, Buffett does, so he'll go out and he'll buy the company. The company will make X millions of dollars in profit for that year that profit gets rolled up into the Berkshire Hathaway coffers. If the company needs money for expansion, capital, whatever it may be, some kind of capital expenditure, those dollars are made available for them to continue to grow. But all the profits roll up into the holding company of Berkshire Hathaway. And then that rolls in with all the dozens of other companies, and they use those gains to then go buy another company outright. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, they... All these businesses, when they get born Warren Buffett, they they have, uh, or when Warren Buffett buys them, mm -hmm. they basically have Warren Buffett as their you know investor. You know when they make money, yes, right, with their dollars. Yeah. Yep. And people people may not get their mind around this. It'd be no different than if you owned a house outright that was a, a rental property. All the money that comes in every at the end of the year is all yours, right? After you've paid all the expenses. And you keep piling that up, you amass that, you don't live on that, right? That money just goes into a bank account. And then after doing that for a few years or off of a few properties, now you go buy cash for the next one. Yeah, and you get to use that money collectively. It doesn't stay within that property. Correct. Yeah. And so if you think of it in real estate terms, that's in essence what he's doing. And now it's very difficult if you have one rental house or a multi multi-family. It takes a long, even if the place were paid free and clear, it takes a long time to build up enough cash from the, the cash flow in one of these to build up enough to be able to pay cash for the next one. You know, It doesn't work in Southern California, but you'll hear the real estate community talk about using the 1% rule. And the idea is they look at the purchase price of a property and its rent off that monthly should be 1% of the, of the property value. So if it's a $100,000 home, it should rent for $1,000 a month. Now, that is laughable in Southern California. That number will never work. <laughs> that would be ideal, but we'll never mm -hmm. see, you know, we don't see it that way. Or we don't see those kind of numbers. Yeah. But so with that, then, that would say then, if those numbers worked, it says, so if you got that, that would say you'd get $12,000 in revenue off of that property. You're going to have some For expenses on there. Yeah. So, you know, maybe you end up with a net, I don't know, 6000 something like that. And now you've got to collect $6,000 a year until you get $100,000. So that's going to be 15 years before you buy your next property cash, assuming you bought it at the same price. 
So that's in essence what Buffett is doing when he buys companies. We don't have that flexibility because we don't have that kind of dollars. And so what we have to do is buy something at what we think is a undervalued price or at a price that looks like it's about to rise. And we hold it for a period of time and then we sell. And I've had lots of people say, that isn't what Buffett does. Say, you know, bullshit. He doesn't do it now as much because his numbers are too big. If you go back and read what he did back in the 50s when he started, that's exactly what he did. And he did it again and again and again to the point where then he was buying companies. But early on, he was, for lack of a better word, trading. And so it it is incredibly foolish to think that that is not how he did it. you got to understand that's what he was doing way back when. And then you just rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Your microphone. <laughs> I was going to see how much longer you want to talk about Buffett. No, man. I, was, I, was, I just made the motion of drop the mic. I realized, oh, you can't see me. <laughs> <laughs> Anything to add? No. Good. Yeah, oh, think, so today I mean, I'm the Buffett. smart one. So you're the good looking one today. I'm the yeah, smart one exactly. with that one. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, the baby's back, and uh, oh. <laughs> you know, if we go much longer, uh, you know, she'll she'll be participating. For those of you that don't know, he's got a two-year-old lump, or coming up on three lump of love, who uh, likes to insert herself into the podcast. So oh, yeah. we uh, we always try and do this when she's either asleep or if mom will take her out for a little bit. And it sounds like they just came back, so we'll call this one a wrap. So we know that if you'll put into practice what we've talked about on this episode and prior episodes and upcoming ones. You can get to the point of reaching time freedom. And time freedom is an absolutely awesome place to be. I, I wish it for everybody. Um, you got to work your ass off to get there. And in order to do that, you got to have the proper mindset. And you got to understand what you're going. And then it just takes discipline. It's not motivation. It's not inspiration. It takes discipline of just doing the same thing again and again and again. You got to grind it. And you get there. Once you get there, you're not going to want to go back. If you had to go back, you will fight like hell to get back to freedom. Uh, we signify that one of the earlier earlier episodes. I used to put in the sound of waves, and I would ask people and you know, say, "Hey, take a listen. Can you tell what it is?" And everyone would say, "Oh, it's the sound of waves crashing." I'd say, "Yeah, but it sounds a little different. Those are the sound of Tuesday waves, and Tuesday waves sound incredibly different than the waves that you hear on the weekend." And so we hope that you all get to the point of being able to listen to Tuesday waves in your life when there's nobody else out on the beach to, uh, to crowd you out. If you've got thoughts or comments for us, suggestions for upcoming episodes, we'd love to hear them. You can reach us via voicemail, 714, 714, not Jesus, 747-242-3224. If you can't remember the number, just think of a 747 airplane and get on it. In 24 hours, you can be at any beach in the world. 747-24-BEACH. If you want to send us something on email, investingfromthebeach at gmail.com. Uh, you can also go to the website, investingfromthebeach.com. There's a book list out there that you'll find valuable. There's other stuff you can uh, find on the website you might find of interest. A couple of cool shout-outs. Chris, I forgot to say this earlier. I've got some people on here that are working towards time freedom. Some people complain they're, uh, you know, they've got challenges and whatever else. Got a listener that's in Afghanistan um, in the military. And he finds ways to do this. I get some very cool notes from him. And if somebody can do that in the middle of a war, 
we have no goddamn excuse not to do it ourselves. So Jake, keep doing what you're doing. Appreciate it. Another cool note from a guy that <clears throat> started. Awesome. A, yeah, it's it's really neat. Yeah. I knew he was serving. I didn't know where. I thought I thought he was in Frankfurt. Um, I said, by the way, where are you? And he just wrote back Afghanistan. It's like, oh wow, and he's doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. So for those of you that say, oh, I don't have time, I don't have the means, I don't have the ability, bullshit. There's always people that would instantly trade places with you. It's excuses. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Got another cool note from a listener. Uh, in fact, I meant to look it up before we did the podcast. So Chris, here's an ex- exercise for you. Put your left hand up in the air. <clears throat> All right. And put your, what, your four fingers together and then let your thumb out to the side a little bit. Mm-hmm. That is the state of Michigan, I think is the way this works. I might have the wrong hand up. I think it's, I think it's that one. Let me think, Detroit. Maybe it's the other one. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Okay. So he's, he's from a town, I think it's called Brighton. I can't remember, but I was going to look at that. But a lot of times you ask somebody where they're from, and they'll point like to the, you know, the mm-hmm. knuckle on their third finger or something like that's where they live in the state. But cool note from this guy, he, uh, uh, he's learning to trade. And he spends a ton of time driving up and down wherever he's driving around and doing his selling. Excuse me, a lot of nights in hotels. Just sent me a very, very cool note this morning. Just said, hey, thank you. Uh, He's been listening to the podcast, listened to some other stuff about trading, and it's making a difference. So, uh, Troy, appreciate the feedback. feedback. That's probably enough. We'll give some other shout-outs on future episodes. Oh, you know, I thought you were hearing the background of uh, maybe she, she's flushing oh, no, no. the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like maybe that's like maybe that's why you're cutting it. <laughs> oh no 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 yeah no couldn't okay. hear it yeah. So she certainly now has time freedom. It's like finally oh, yeah. I'm free. I can leave. So oh, yeah. Yeah. as that's always, your child, right? You know, as a child, they have a lot of time freedom, and with their time freedom, they tend to suck away your time. Freedom. I was gonna say you don't have yeah. any time freedom as a result. <laughs> All right, so we'll let Chris go be a dad. And as always, we appreciate you listening. We'll speak to you next time.